Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy you are here. My goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga, massage, body work, and beyond. Follow us at Native Yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. All right, let's begin. Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin, and today I have the pleasure and the privilege of bringing Lily Winsaft to the show. And Lily was kind enough to join me here in studio at Native Yoga Center in Juneau Beach. And you can check Lily out at her website, which is lilywinsaft.com. She also has a URL, newworldharmony.net. You're going to see those links in the description. Super easy. Click on it, whether you're listening in Spotify or Apple or Google Play or on this browser, wherever you are at, the links are all there. So it's always kind of fun. I think whenever I listen to a podcast, I check out the links, I click, I follow, and I, you know, just get a little deeper backstory. Those of you listening, if you want to watch on YouTube, go to our YouTube channel, Native Yoga Center. Oh yeah, by the way, subscribe and hit the notification bell. (laughs) I had to do it. All right. Well, I'm so happy that you're here and let's go ahead and get started with Lily Winsaft. I'm so happy to have Lily Winsaft here today with me in studio. And Lily, this was a really great, this is a great opportunity for me because I met you through a recent guest on the show, John Denny. And after we did the podcast conversation, he said, I met this really amazing woman, Lily, and uh, I think you should invite her to come on the podcast. So I immediately wrote you and you responded with, yes, I'd I'd be happy to. So I just wanted to mention, thank you so much for being open to just coming in and on the fly, uh, come have a conversation with me. On that note, uh, can you tell me how you are feeling today? How's your day going so far? Wow. Well, I'm really excited to be here, John. Danny, when he told me about you and the, he sent me the the link from the session that he that he did with you, and I, I thought it was so great. And I had not heard about you before, but ever since then, I'm hearing about you all over the place. <laughs> and I'm really excited to be here, Todd, because as I was saying to you earlier, on my way here, I had this major awareness. It was like an aha moment that was brought tears to my eyes, and so there's got to be something really special about you and what you're doing here. Oh, thank you. Because, you know, those things don't happen randomly. I don't believe in Mm. random or Mm. coincidences and accidents. Everything in life happens for a reason, and it happens with what we're creating and what we're bringing into alignment. And so I'm super excited to be here and have a conversation with you where whatever you want to talk about, I am ready. (laughs) Well, thank you. On that note, you mentioned that the bit of information that you received caused a bit of emotion to come up. So I'm not intentionally trying to draw that sort of emotion again here, but would you be open to talking about what type of message you received and or what what kind of realization you had? Yeah, it's... It takes me back to when I was 11 and 12 years old, somewhere between 11 and 12, probably started at 11 and ended at 12. I was raised in Brooklyn, New York, and we lived in Park Slope. And at that age, I became obsessed with genetics and how, why there was such a thing as birth defects. I was so obsessed with it. And I don't, Realize, I don't know why my parents would allow an 11-year-old to walk about eight blocks in Brooklyn by herself to the Brooklyn Library, mm. where I did go by myself, and I would get these huge books on everything associated with anatomy and biology, and I was determined that when I grew up, I was going to heal genetic birth defects. Wow. And I had not remembered about that until... The last couple of days, I started to put the pieces together. But what hit me on the way here is that that connection of being 11 and 12 years old, I, in that moment, I 
remembered that I knew who I was. Mm. And most of us know who we are when we're children. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's a huge thing to because we know who we are, but then as we grow up, we're told, oh, you can't do that. You're not allowed to be an artist. You're not allowed to be a musician. You're not going to make money. That You're dreaming. You Wake up. Be, be a realist. And so we forget who we are so fast. By the time we graduate from high school, we have forgotten who we really are and why we came here. Yes. And my whole life now is dedicated to my tagline, New World Harmony is my company, is remember helping you to remember who you are and why you're here. That's why I'm here. And then in the last couple of months, I've been bringing in new work with the breath work that I do to alter the genetic makeup and the codes in our DNA that create our reality. Mm. And so those things like hit me all at once. It was like, oh my God, I am doing, <laughs> my work is now beginning what I knew who I was yeah. when I was 11 yeah. and 12 years old. And yes. now I'm coming back full circle to be that person that helps people heal what has deformed us is how I'm seeing it. Why mm. I was so obsessed with birth defects is because yeah. really we become deformed as we grow up. Mm. Society deforms us. Religion deforms us. Educational systems deform us. Politics deforms us. Everything around us deforms us and we forget who we are. And so I'm so, that's what I'm saying. There's something yes, special yeah. <laughs> about coming here to meet with you that brought that realization to me that my work is now just now really beginning. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's big. It's, it's really huge. Do, so if you go back to that time period, do you think in, in, at that point in your life where you're questioning, do you think it was a, a question of why are people born with deformities? I mean, one thing I do think in relation to even if we use the word deformity, obviously, like we, if we try to define what deformity is, I often think like um, we have what normal is. And then if something is deviating off of what that normal is, then maybe we would call that a deformation or something that's not fully formed. Mm -hmm. um, so I know it can bring up a lot of questions about like why, if there is a God, would a God create somebody who has these deformities, so to speak? So I'm just kind of curious, like what, what do you think, where do you think that came from? Why, why were you so questioning that? you know, wondering why, are, why is there such a thing as deformity? I know we could go a little philosophical and say there is no such thing as deformity <laughs> because everything exists, like, like what you said, in, according to a purpose or a plan, mm -hmm. perhaps the quote deformity is just a part of our learning lesson in life. But I have these same questions too. So mm -hmm. I just want to hear what well, you, we could where, definitely go totally philosophical and, you know, we could go in con completely different yeah, tangents, but yeah. I guess I can speak to you from my own experience that for me, realizing now that not only did I know who I was, but that we all know who we are because we, there's so many people doing studies about follow your passion and everything will work out. Right. When, when, most people, when they've really experienced that passion was when you're children and you're innocent and, you know, things are still fresh. And so when we come into this world, we're a soul and a body and we forget who we are because that's amnesia is part of the process of life on this planet or life in physical form. And so we come into a body forgetting who we are. That's part of the deal we make. Yeah. It's part of the game, so to speak. Yeah. And so, yes, mutation, genetic mutation and alteration of ge ge genetics is the way we evolve. Good point. So there, are there is always some evolution. And when we're jumping from Neanderthal man to the next evolution of the humanoid, there's transitions that are happening, right? And mm. there's our organs are shifting and our brain is, is changing, but when if you are the species going through that mutation, it can be really difficult, right? Yeah. But sometimes I think that a soul volunteers to be born into a body that is 
has a defect or has a malformation or has a genetic predisposition to heart disease or cancer or whatever other conditions that there are so many of, a soul can make an agreement to do that in order to move through the lessons and move through the teachings. And those teachings and those lessons always in some way help us remember who we are because one of the ways we learn in this plane is through duality and through contrast. So by knowing disease and deformation, by knowing genetic altering, we can then know what the essence of who we truly are. So yeah. I think that that's the reason why we, it exists. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting concept. I like the fact that you're saying that that potentially is us evolving, therefore not necessarily needing to look at it like it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Correct. I don't think there, well, with that, you bring up something really important. We tend to judge everything in our life. And I think judgment keeps us from understanding really the essence of the experience and why we're, why we created it. Cause we create everything in our life. Yes. When I look back at from that vision that I had this morning, I realized that at a soul level, I came to this planet, to this lifetime, to understand the relationship between our genetic makeup and our DNA and our reality. Mm. There's so much research that is coming out in the fields of quantum physics and quantum biology that are pointing to epigenetics, which is, yes, you know, we not only have those physical genes, but we have the, the genes that are our DNA is interacting with our environment. And so we do have a say-so. Many people feel they are a victim of their genetics. Mm. But we are not victims of anything unless we say we are. And so with epigenetics, we're able to actually realize that we can alter our genetics through our attitude, through how we choose to view life how we choose to experience happiness and gratitude and all of that. And so if it's true what quantum biology is saying, that our genetic makeup is actually what is creating our reality, then if I can alter my genetic makeup, then I can alter my reality. And that's powerful stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Is there an event that happened in your life that has helped you to feel this is really true? Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, there's been many, but the a more recent one was um, in around 2013, I started having uh, some medical symptoms that nobody could figure out what was wrong. And I went, I suffered for three years with a condition that uh, began to manifest like an allergy. But when I had panels done of allergies, it showed that I wasn't allergic to anything. And I would get these rashes to where there was times when I wanted to cut my, my limbs. I, I, I thought that the only, the only thing that could save me was if I literally took a machete and chopped off my feet or chopped off my hands. It was mm-hmm. that painful and that severe. And doctors couldn't figure out. I went to alternative doctors, traditional doctors, nobody could figure out. And then one day in a meditation, I heard a message as we all do when we're meditating, right? Because that's when we go into the silence of our heart and connection with our soul. And I heard a message that said, you need to breathe. And I thought, well, I breathe every day. So long story short, Todd, that led me to doing transformational breath. And I began to understand the power of prana, which as a yogi, you know, the power of prana, the power of the, the chi, the life force that is right here available to us all the time. And we don't know how to use it because we're not taught how to breathe. True. In fact, our first experience with breath is traumatic when we're born. Our lungs are shocked into breathing. So even as a baby, we begin to associate breath with trauma. And that's why people hold their breath when they're stressed or, you know, have shallow breathing or we, we or interruptive breathing. We don't breathe fully in. We don't breathe fully out. All of that stuff I started to understand. And I went through 
a major three-year training to become a facilitator of transformational oh, breath wow. and a group leader. And and I was able through breath and through energetic healing to heal my symptoms, even when no one else could figure it out. Wow! And so that's when I began to understand and I began to see how oxygen, prana, is a frequency like everything is. And as those high frequencies come into our body, they lift the low frequencies out of the tissues. You know, you've heard the expression, the issues are in the tissues. Mm -hmm. We suppress and we repress fears, traumas, resentments, pain. We repress and suppress all that stuff. It's stuck in our tissues. That's the precursor to all disease. And with our breath, we can actually pull all that trauma, all that pain, all that suffering, all that repressed toxicity out of the tissues and integrate it into a higher frequency that heals. And that's, that's what I'm dedicated to in my life is to help people heal with their breath. It's like the most amazing thing and it's free. <laughs> great point. Great point. Did, um, did you ever hit a point where you had to make a conscious decision to uh, either continue to seek solutions from somebody outside yourself versus begin to trust that you were going to attempt to do it on your own? Yeah, I think that after seeing probably a, two dozen practitioners, both alternative and traditional, and they had narrowed it down to that I had an autoimmune disease. But in order to find out which autoimmune disease, they wanted another test that was going to cost like $3,000. And at that point, that's when I said, that's it. As we say in, 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 uh, in the country that I'm from, Colombia, no mas. There's no more. No That's it. I'm done. I'm out. No mas. <laughs> no more spending money. No yeah. more going to these doctors. Yeah. No more giving blood samples. No more all of that stuff. Did you feel that from both the traditional yes. and the yes. natural? Yes. Because I know sometimes people be on the traditional side. I've had it with the traditional. I'm going to now go over to the alternative. And then the alternative can be sometimes just as... Uh, it just is. As, well, one thing about alternative, uh, and I, and I, you know, I love the alternative medical route way more than the traditional. But the alternative route is also filled with supplements, endless array of supplements, an endless, endless array of supplements that also cost a lot of money. And insurance doesn't cover them. Correct. You know, so there's there's yeah. the pros and the cons, right? Well, I appreciate that you mentioned that, that you bring that up. I feel like sometimes there's like, uh, you know, in our, the way we are, mm -hmm. we then go, okay, now I've got to stop this and go full bore over on mm -hmm. this side, vice versa. Mm -hmm. and, and often it's not a very balanced right. outlook. Right. And, and I've done both routes. So, yeah. you know, today I, I don't take any supplements at all. I do my energetic work. I actually download the frequencies of the vitamins and minerals that I used to take orally. You mm. know, I used to spend $400 a month minimum on, and I take, I do take some supplements, but when I discovered that I could download the frequencies, which I actually discovered that quite accidentally, although as I said, there's no accidents, but I discovered it by chance one day. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can download the frequencies of stuff. Why do I have to take a pill? Why do I have mm -hmm. to take a supplement? So, so, uh, so I teach people how to do that. You can know, you explain that a little further? Because okay, so imagine I'm, you know, taking this, taking that, and then obviously we're just having a conversation here, mm -hmm. so we're not offering medical advice for anybody. Definitely not right? offering so, medical advice. Uh, don't try this at home. <laughs> don't try this at home. This is a personal <laughs> personal journey. But but I mean, I just like to say that because, I mean, you never know. I, I, I remember going to a meditation retreat where um, they had advised, they did a very serious intake process where they wanted to know like what type of medications are people taking, that type of thing. And I know that if somebody say had some sort of psychosis where they're taking mm -hmm. like an antipsychotic medicine. They said, look, while you're here, don't go off your drugs right. or prescriptions like, um, because that needs to be done in a, like a certain environment perhaps. And mm -hmm. so, um, I know sometimes people get really excited and they think that's it. I'm going to go to this meditation retreat. I'm going to stop doing everything. 
And that doesn't always work out really smoothly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. So I just figured I'd make that little disclaimer. But when you say download information, maybe I can relate to that in relation to my computer. Like I have an update Mm -hmm. and the operating software is updated. Mm -hmm. I can now do new things. Um, I guess I can, I'm already just playing a little bit of the devil's advocate of the skeptic that Mm -hmm. would say, but wait, I need my this, I need my that. If now I stop taking it and I just meditate, what happens if my body goes into some sort of rejection mode? Mm-hmm. What, what, do you, what do you think? It's a big one. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, we live and manifest what we believe and what we have been sold as the truth and we are heavily influenced i mean we just came out of a pandemic which we're not totally out of by the way but we just came out of a pandemic and there were people you know on both sides of the vaccination story and if you really believed you needed a vaccine you better go get that vaccine because if you really believe you need it and you don't get it something bad's going to happen but if you really believe you don't need a vaccine well you better not get it because if you do get it then some so my point is our belief systems and the way that we think and the way, how we manage what we feel is truth that's how our life is going to manifest yeah so if we believe that we need nutrients you know there are there's have you ever heard of a breatharian i have Okay, well, breatharians don't eat. They don't drink water either. They get all their nutrients from the air that they breathe. That's, and it's, you know, that happens. So what's the difference between a breatharian and you or me is that I don't believe I can live off just breathing. I feel I need nutrients. And what's the difference between somebody that needs to have supplements and me that I don't think I need to have supplements? It's because I don't believe I need to. But that's the same difference between me and a breatharian who doesn't need to eat or drink water. They just live from the, from the air that they breathe. That's the only difference is what we believe. I've, I think our bodies are miraculous machines. God did not make an imperfect vehicle here. Our bodies know how to heal themselves. Yes, we need nutrition, but if everything has a frequency, then... Why not utilize the, it's the frequency that nourishes us, not the thing itself. When you eat an apple, the apple itself is not what nourishes you. It's the, the frequency of the energy the apple carries. What if you could get the energy of the apple without eating the apple? Of course you can't because it exists. The energy of the apple existed before the apple existed. So if you could have access to the energy of the apple, why would you need the apple? It's all the stages that we go through as human beings, and we're learning how to manage and manipulate the matter of this world. That's why we're here. We're here to have fun as creators. How, okay, we're going to grow an apple tree so that we can learn how to create apples, right? But in other planets, we wouldn't need that, you know? So, so, so I'll, just, I'll share with you how I discovered the thing about the Please. frequencies, because it's Please. really cool. Yeah. So I was, I was doing an ayahuasca ceremony. And during the, the ceremony, I, I, my leg, I don't remember which leg, started cramping really, really bad. And so I, I raised my hand and the shaman came over to me and I said, I've got a really bad cramp in my leg. And he said, just drink some water. And I said, water will take care of it. And he said, yes. So I drank some water and lo and behold, like 30 seconds later, the cramp was completely gone. So I realized in that moment that Water is good for cramping, and that probably cramping is due in some part to dehydration. I, I just made the connection, right? Yeah. So a few weeks later, I was laying in bed, and I was thinking, and, I, and I, it, was late, it was in the middle of the night, and I was doing some dream work, and I started having a cramp in my leg, and I thought, oh, man, I need some water. But if I get up to get the water, I'm going to break this trance that I'm in with this dream work that I'm doing. I was doing a lucid dreaming thing. And so Mm. with the the cramp and I thought, you know what? Water, what is water? Water is a frequency. The the frequency of water is H2O. H2O has a frequency. That's the molecular structure of water is H2O. In just that moment, I got that message. Water 
that is all. The molecules, it's hydrogen and oxygen. Mm. Two molecules of hydrogen, one molecule of oxygen, H2O. That's the molecular structure of water. Well, all molecular structure has a frequency. By now, I knew about frequencies. So I thought, let me just download the frequency of H2O. And so I made a command to my higher self. I said, all right, higher self, download the frequency of H2O into my leg. 30 seconds later or less, my cramp was completely gone. Mm. Yes. And so that's how I discovered that I, that I don't need water to, dehyd- to hydrate. I can actually just download the frequency of it. So that was, and I, so I yeah. started experimenting yeah. with yeah. supplements. And yes. I started experimenting with, mm. there's a supplement that I used to take um, for, for uh, UTI control and all of that. And, uh, and one, one, one time I decided, let me just download the frequency of it. And it worked. And so I started trying that with all my vitamins. I no longer, it's very few. I will take vitamins maybe once a quarter. I'll go like a week to remind my body what those frequencies are like, Mm. to remind it. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I just, I'll just, you know, download it. So it's just fun to do that, right? I just, I have fun with it. That's awesome. And I don't, I don't make it as significant and, you know, I don't worry about if if I don't take, if I don't do this, you know, I trust that my body's just going to handle itself. Yeah. And I don't have perfect health, but I have really, really good health. Uh, yeah. You know? So I hear you. I mean, it brings, I had a thought this morning where, uh, where we've heard and we've heard before at some point in our lives, um, if we could end world hunger, like, like what would, what would that actually look like or what would that mean? And, do you like, I, I get hungry. Like if I don't eat, like I get hungry. So I don't know that we're like, we have to consume to mm-hmm. survive. Of course. Now I do. I have read accounts of breatharians. I've never actually met one. Mm-hmm. I did hear of someone who claimed to be a breatharian, but then was kind of caught actually eating when no one was looking. Um <laughs> That's funny. Right? <laughs> um, so I guess getting into the level of like mm-hmm. consumption, mm-hmm. like organism, input, mm-hmm. output, mm-hmm. and that's life. Mm-hmm. Yes. If we're dead, there's no input, output. Mm-hmm. We're live, there's input, output. Right. And I value in studying uh, yoga philosophy and traveling to India mm-hmm. and, and hearing about the Jain philosophy of the Jain religion, in which case it appeared to me like the Jains are like almost like the ultimate nonviolent organization group of people because mm-hmm. they'll go as far as to not walk in a puddle because they might squash an organism on a mm. microscopic level or wow. to wear a cloth over their face because they might breathe in some sort of insect or bug. And so there's this really intense um, focus on if I need to exist, I don't want to have to take any life from any other organism Mm -hmm. for me to exist. And so I can see that as the premise for wanting to modify my consumption because I'm, I'm, and I'm doing that because I don't want to wish violence upon any other creature being, but then at the end of the day, as a human in an organism, like you, we feel hunger inside. So I think we have to consume. I, I like to leave the door open that potentially someone could be a breatharian. Maybe. I think there would be serious consequences to it. Like I do believe that there would be a certain level of emaciation. <clears throat> I've, I don't. I almost think that to live, we have to consume, but I could be wrong. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I would love if somebody's listening to this conversation, if they've ever met a breatharian truly, and you can study them and watch what they do mm-hmm. and you can prove that they haven't eaten mm-hmm. in 30 days. Mm-hmm. I don't know what would actually constitute a breatharian. You know what I mean? Because like, does that mean I didn't eat for 30 days? Cause I have heard about monks being able to go into meditation because mm-hmm. they, don't exert any effort or energy. They actually don't even need to drink water mm-hmm. because they're not intaking and not eliminating. And if you take your mind waves down so slow, because even thinking apparently burns calories, that it's possible to get to a point where we don't consume. Mm-hmm. 
I know I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but I guess I, when I think about the breatharian thing, I, I really go, is that just a good idea <laughs> or is that reality? Right. You know, cause I, I know there's ideas and then I do believe there's a thing called reality. Now I, I understand in terms of like, we create our own reality and I just, I'm, I'm always thinking about all these things. So that's why I'm so happy you're here. Uh, <laughs> you know, where do you find that balance? So do you feel like you have to find a balance where like mm-hmm. when you do get hungry, you're like, okay, I'm going to consume. And then you choose what to consume. That well, might... I am definitely not trying to be a breatharian. I mean, <laughs> definitely not trying. I mean, you know, I practice intermittent fasting every once in a while. You know, <laughs> Me too. And, and usually, I love it. <laughs> and I used to do, you know, uh, cleanses, not eating for 10, 20, 30 days, yeah. a couple yeah. times a year. Right. And, right. you know, I think that's really doable. And I'm going to yeah. starting one next week. And my husband's mm-hmm. even going to join mm-hmm. me on that. Cool. We're going to not eat anything for 10 days and consume yeah. liquids yeah. and yeah. end up. But, but I don't think that humanity is ready for that at all, Todd. I don't think that humanity is ready for that. That's, and I've never met a breatharian, yeah. but yeah. I do love the idea of what a breatharian stands for, that it's a belief system. It's how we believe we can do and what we are capable of because we are powerful beings beyond measure. And we don't even use our, we we don't use more than 10% of our brain. There's so much underutilization of our human potential that I, that's what I love the idea about a breatharian, but I've never met one and I don't know, you know, I don't know how true it is that, (laughs) you know, that they actually exist. I do know someone who knows one, but again, I don't think humanity is ready for that. And I'm certainly not ready to stop consuming. There's no way, you know, I'm not, first of all, you you have to get to the point where you even are willing to give up the pleasure of eating because eating is pleasurable. You know, there's, there's so much in the, 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 and if you add gratitude to your eating and to the food, and if you, you know, uh, our, some friends of ours gave us one, a planter, I don't know what it's called, but it's basically a, 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 a garden that mm. you grow in this tall thing and you put all, and we grew our last year, we we're getting ready to start it again. We grew lettuce and, you know, different vegetables and whatnot. And I used to have a garden and the, the idea of working with the land and with the soil and growing your food. That's to me, I, I love that. And we're here on this earth because this earth is so rich with an opportunity for us to work with life itself and the, the mechanisms of all of that. And one thing that you said about the, 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 the group in India that the Jains, Jains, I've never heard of them, but I, 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 the idea of that is really, it's so romantic, you know, in that sense of divine romance kind Mm. of thing to be that connected Mm. with life that you Mm. don't want to hurt anything. And, but I, I also feel that all plants and all animals have a collective soul agreement mm. to be in service to humanity and to be in, in, a, in a cooperative environment with us as, as also as a species on this planet. So apple trees and cows and fish and insects and they've all the bees for example the bees are such an amazing species and they bring so much to our planet in so many ways that goes beyond just pollinating you know just what they do and so their soul agreement on a collective soul basis that we're all in agreement to collaborate and to help each other and to be in service to each other and to experience each other's energies. And so I think that we're, we're all here for that. We're all here how to learn to get along with our fellow humans, with our fellow animal species, with our f- fellow plant species, and even with our fellow mineral species, you know, with our, our crystals, for example. So many people are concerned about crystals being pulled out of their original resting places to be sold in stores, you know, and how that's a violation of the crystal because there's this whole concept that crystals are sentient beings and they are, but at a collective level, they're also here to be in service to us as we are to be in service to them. Our pets, our dogs, for example, you know, our dogs 
as on a collective soul level, they're here to learn from us, but they're also here to teach us. We're in a symbiotic yeah. relationship yeah. with our pets yes. to help them become more evolved and to let them help us become more evolved. Because when you love a pet, your heart expands. So true. And for some people, more so than loving another yeah. human being. Yeah. For some people, loving a pet is all the love they're ever going to experience. Mm. For whatever, because whatever yeah. trauma they might yeah. have had, you know. Yes. So, yes. so I think it's a beautiful thing to 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 think about all the symbiotic ways in which we are here to yes. help each other to evolve on this planet. And I don't carry within. I don't. I. Let me say that. Let me say that in a different way than I was going to say it. There's a lot of concern. And, and, and you being in the yoga community, you probably hear a, a lot about the concerns about uh, our planet and what we're doing to our planet and the damage that we're causing to the planet. I don't want to deny that we're causing damage to the planet because we are. But at the same time, I want to focus on a positive conversation about the planet. Yes. I want to focus on, because I have, I have a lot of meditative moments when I hear the voice of Gaia. And she speaks to me and she, and I, and I can hear her voice. Sometimes her voice is sad, but most of the time her voice is one of gratitude. In the same way that a person that has an illness can be grateful for that illness because that illness helped them to overcome their fear of life or their mm. fear of death or their fear of this or that. And sometimes when we move through, like I moved through three years of such intense pain and suffering, but that disease, that illness that I had caused me to wake up and it caused me to understand who I am. And so that's the voice that I hear most often from Gaia is thank you, all of you that are, because we're like parasites on this planet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gaia is a uh, living organism. It's yes. a is a body. Yes. And the soul is Gaia. And so Gaia, we're like little parasites on this planet, right? And so she's like, thank you, because you're teaching me how to be a more powerful healer. And she cleanses herself. And she does a lot of healing on, on this planet. You know, when we have those hurricanes and those avalanches and those tornadoes and those earthquakes, that's, that's Gaia doing a cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. She's healing herself and, and, and we have this symbiotic relationship. So yes, are we causing damage? Like, you know, like a parasite would cause damage in our intestinal tract and then we take a medicine for it. You know what, what is that parasite here to teach us? That's such great questions, Lily. So I agree. we are the parasites for Gaia and we're teaching her something. And she's grateful for it because she is evolving and she's becoming a more powerful being of light and a more powerful healer for the universe. We are one little planet in a gigantic galaxy with millions of stars and millions of planets. We're just one little body floating in space and this in this orbit. Mm. And Gaia has, she is, she's just so freaking amazing, Gaia, you know? Yeah. And so... We all want to be more in commune in communication with her. She yes. talks to us telepathically. We need to listen. We need to hear her voice. We need to hear her gratitude. We need to hear her sadness. And we need to do something about it. And we need to decide to do better. But at the same time, we need to not judge ourselves and, and hit ourselves over the head and beat ourselves up. You know, yes, we need to stop throwing garbage in the water. But at the same time... She knows how to clean it up. Yeah, I like that. You know, so so uh, that's a nice everything that, is yeah, everything happens for a beautiful divine reason and we're here to discover that and that's that's what's so incredible about being in this world right now. I agree. There's a lot to discover. There's a lot to discover and talk about. What what are you hearing what like say this week um what have you heard? Let me actually pinpoint that a little bit. What what is the overall gist that you've heard from people that you've communicated with? Because I like that you're mm -hmm. opening my senses to listening on a bigger scale mm -hmm. than maybe just humans. Because mm -hmm. you mentioned 
appreciation for animalia, like mm. animals, like our pets. Like mm -hmm. that's so true. I have a dog and you're right. Like right when you said that, I was just like, oh my gosh, you're right. My dog does so much for me. And when you mentioned bees, I mean, you're right. Bees are absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. My father-in-law has bees up in Tennessee. And every mm -hmm. time I get near the beehive and like, and when they come flying around me, it's such an incredible experience mm -hmm. to think mm -hmm. about the, like the bees are just absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you've been painted the picture of like, when we see earth from space, like really it's quite beautiful, just the color and the hue of it. And mm -hmm. like that taking that macrocosmic view of like, mm -hmm. we can't even see ourselves down there. Mm -hmm. Like, do we even exist really? Right. Like, do we actually exist? <laughs> We're just a little I parasite. Mean, what are we? I mean, <laughs> and yet it's so important. Mm -hmm. We feel so important. It's like such an incredible experience mm -hmm. to be alive, no doubt. Mm -hmm. um, I love that you're bringing the harmony of um, pollution, yet understanding that it's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. Personally, in this last week, because I get a chance to teach yoga classes and interact one-on-one -on -one and in groups with people and doing body work one-on-one -on -one and hearing really what, what they're going through. But without me saying anything, what have you been hearing from people? Because I've been finding it fascinating. I'd love to know what, 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 what you're hearing. Like what do, people do you mean through. people here on earth? Or? Yeah, just in your community, <laughs> like who you're interacting with, but whether it be your husband or your family or like what, what are you feeling these days? I mean, uh, with, with everybody. One thing I'm hearing is, thank God 2023 is over. <laughs> we are so ready for something new. We're so okay. ready for yeah. something, yeah. you know, to happen People are excited that we're doing more things in person again. Yeah. Being in lockdown and being stuck in our homes was not, not fun. It was not fun for anyone. Mm -hmm. And so people are excited about that. But there's also so much fear because the what's happening in the world right now is not pleasant. And there's a, like a shakedown going on, you know. So so people are afraid also. And Politically, there's there's so much uncertainty in terms of who's going to lead this country, and there's such a division among us. And people aren't don't feel safe talking about it, and people don't feel, you know, you know. So that's one aspect, right? Yeah. yeah. And but when I go to my really small little community of my students and the the people that I work with that I that I that are my clients and the few teachers, et cetera, what I'm, what I'm really seeing is more and more opportunity for us to be the light that we are. That's why there's so much darkness, so to speak. And it's what I was saying earlier about contrast. We are being taught so much through contrast, but we can get lost in the contrast or we could shine our light on the contrast. And so that's what we have to keep doing. And a lot of my students will often say to me, well, what am I supposed to do when I hear the news and when I th see what's going on in the world and what's going on in our own backyard and what's going on across the ocean? And I say to them, stop looking at that stuff. It's not about putting your sticking your head in the sand because we need to understand what's happening on a global scale, but we can't focus on that because what we focus on is what expands and that's what grows that we manifest more of what we focus on. So it's important to know what's going on, but to not focus on it and to not give it attention. And so what we have to give attention to is the opportunity to heal the opportunity to be who we are in the essence of who we are, not who we are from the belief systems and the limitations that we've been raised with or that we've been exposed to. And so that's one of the things that I'm the most excited about is being able to work that aspect. And the breath work that I'm doing now is going to focus on altering the DNA and the genetic codes that are, that create our reality. We have an ancestry of war just to say one thing, right? Because we have an ancestry of a lot of not good things, right? But let's just say war. We carry war in our genes. No matter what country you're from, you've been 
you have been uh, invaded upon, you have been in wars, you, you know, all, our ancestry, the planet has a history of war. That, I just want to mention one thing, right? We're not going to get into disease and all that, but just to mention one thing. So we carry war in our genetic code. So what if we could dissolve that genetic code? What if we could actually heal the genetic code for war? That's the only way we're going to move into the possible future of a planet without war on it. War doesn't create peace. I don't know where that idea ever came from. How can you create peace from having war? But that's what we believe. And that's what our governments believe. That in order to have peace, we have to go to war. That's such a that's such bullshit. I'm <laughs> yes, sorry. It just it makes me so mad. I agree. No, you Thank cannot you. create peace through Thank war. You. you create peace through peace. Thank you. So so what if we could dissolve because but it's such a genetic that was one of the mutations, right? When did when did we receive the mutation for war in our earthly history? Right? It's a cool question, right? It's a right? great question. Where, where, if we go to the origins of that, <clears throat> we could go back to, to the first warring humans, wherever those were, right? What answer have you been told? Well... <laughs> Or maybe not what is coming to you now currently so, because you're listening yes, deeper, because, but like what's, what yes, storyline? Well, because I agree with you. Yeah. So thank you. I'm, I just I'm, don't, I, I don't think that, I, I, let, give me a moment to, please, please. Because I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure don't, how far out you want to go with this question because we could really go so far out with this question, Todd. I'll be patient. Okay. And I'll, and I'll follow uh, your lead yeah, here. Yeah, yeah I, I trust you. In this moment, it feels to me like I don't care. Understood. I don't care Understood. when we got the war gene. I want it out of my genetic makeup. And I want it out <laughs> of the genetic structure of my children. And I want it out. See, and as I'm saying that, like, uh, I'm getting I I like these, right? I'm like, I want it gone from my genetic makeup. I even want it gone from my ancestors. Like we can actually heal because in other dimensions, we can travel into the past. What if we could travel into the past and heal the, the genetic code for war, which was given to us by some civilization. Somewhere. We're not going to go, right? Yep. Could be an intergalactic <clears throat> civilization, right? And so we, we carry that, co that war code. And what if we could dissolve it? And what if we could activate the code for peace? We have the peace code in our bodies. Many of us experience it on a daily basis. Like if you're in the middle of an argument with someone, and all of a sudden you get this like insight, and you think to yourself, wait a minute, what am I doing? I don't want to fight with this person. I don't want to argue with this person. I want to love this person. Like we've all experienced that. Just like we've all experienced that road rage kind of thing, right? That's because we have the genetic codes in our body for both war and peace. Well, which one do you want to activate today, mister? This is, this is, my, this is what I want. I want to discover what are all these codes that don't serve us. At best, they're not serving us. And at, wor at worst, they're killing us. The war code in humanity, in the genetics of humanity, is killing humanity. That is where we will auto-destruct. We have to get rid of the war code. So where does it start? Well, it starts by having the consciousness that, you know what, we, don't just, we didn't just come up with war is a good thing. We became a victim of that at some point in our human history. We became the victim of somebody's idea that warring is a good thing. And then we bought into that idea. And we could apply this same theory, philosophy, train of thought that I'm giving you to just about everything that is, you know, that is affecting humanity from being in a state of complete and total harmony. Because we do have the ability to do that. 
I agree, Lily. Thank you so much yeah. for being really poignant. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to find those codes and I want, and that's what my yeah. breath work is taking on. Yep. And that's what I realized the connection this morning on the way here, the connection to when I was 11 and 12 years old, how I wanted to heal birth defects. So today at 60 something years old, I, I'm not passionate about birth, healing birth defects, but I am passionate about healing human genetic defects that keep us in war, that keep us in disease, that keep us in a state of being unconscious, that keep us in a state of slavery, because we are slaves. We are slaves to the political system. We're slaves to the educational system. We're slaves to the societal system, the cultural system, even the family system, the religious, even the spirituals. We're slaves to all of that. No, man, it's like we got to wake the fuck up. Yes, here are. I always click the explicit box, even if there was no bad word said. That way, I cover all my bases. If I offend you, then just, hey, is, I warned you. This, this is, is explicit. This is yeah, please, so you can you can throw this, you know? the f words out there. I'm happy. You know, I mean, it's well. Let me. Can I say something? Absolutely. And I, I love listening, so I don't. I don't want to take away from you, but I just um. I feel like in the last couple of episodes, because I've just been thinking so heavily about this, like, why can't we, why couldn't Earth be a place of peace, an abode of peace, a refuge of peace, a place where everybody sees each other as equal? And then I started looking for answers, and you can come up with this excuse and that mm-hmm. excuse. And that was a, I like what you said about the war. Like, I like that we just pick one little subject. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously a huge subject right now that's on everybody's mind. And mm-hmm. then there's, then we're pulled, well, we should be believing in it or we shouldn't. So that was cool. I like what you're saying because that's, I just think that's the only really thing worth trying to create at this point as we move forward. I, I like to dream that you and I are going to speak about this. You're listening to this. And we're going to collectively slowly spread out this idea wider and wider and wider. Mm -hmm. And it's going to work. Like there's going to be this moment where each of us are going to go, you're right. I can decide. And then this other part of me that feels that skeptic, like, okay, dog eat dog, mother nature, man, man versus nature. And all these ideas that you said, like we've been either it was at some point in time, we thought it was a way it has to go. And we went that way. Um, and I know we touched a little bit upon it just in terms of consumption. Like if we're competing over resource, mm-hmm. maybe that's why if when I was born in the seventies and there were 4 billion people on the planet and now I'm in my fifties, there's 8 billion. There's double of me. There's, there's double of the amount of me's as there was when I was born. Like, so you would think that we're going to, but bump heads about, well, and we see this with like money too. It's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. And I like what I've been hearing this week, the, the two main things I've been picking up this week from listening to people, one, in terms of relationships, people are in a really tough place, whether it's with their spouse, whether it's with another family member, whether it's with their boss, whether it's with, but there just seems to be such an inability to come to common ground with some of the people that are most important to them in their life and in my life. And then... The other one is just that no matter what economic strata you find yourself in, there's this squeeze going on where I've even heard a millionaire complain about they don't have enough, right? And I'm always thinking like, well, if I just got up into that realm, a couple extra zeros on the end, then I wouldn't be feeling this feeling, right? But no, I don't think it's that simple. It's just not that simple. It's something something more than that. So then my answer, I think, is what you're saying. We have to somehow do this work and and make a decision about what we want and then actually live it. And I just think that like now it seems so apparent and it's, I just keep having this feeling of like, Oh my God, this is the only thing that's a, that's important right now is we have to all come together and agree Mm -hmm. that we want to traverse whatever's going on right now by through peace, through peace, Mm -hmm. 
and to somehow believe that that's possible, even though everything's telling us it might not be, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, I'm up for the challenge. Well, have you ever heard, I don't know what it's called, but have you ever heard that's that, that rule of the hundred monkeys? Yes. So it happened on some island where one monkey was able to use a, uh, a tool to, to eat or whatever they were doing. And when that monkey got it, a hundred, it, it started going all over and the entire species of that monkey was able to do that. Even monkeys that were on other islands and across the state. So what it reminds me of is that we don't understand the power that we have as an individual. Yeah. Cause we are part of the collective of humanity, but if we are having a hard time, not if we're having a hard time getting along with our spouse or getting along with our child or getting along with our neighbor, why then is that not a reflection of what's happening in the world between countries? Yeah. hundred so, percent. But we don't need to do anything about what's going on with the countries. We just have to get along with our spouse. We just have to get along with our kid. We just have to get along with our neighbor. That's all we have to do. Uh, One of the things that I talk about all the time is when yeah. you heal, the world will heal. When you heal, humanity heals. So I try to tell people, I have so many students that they, that they feel compelled, that they have, to, they have to send money overseas to where the wars are happening. They have to, I have to do something. I have to do. No, you don't. Heal yourself. Work on yourself. When you work on yourself, all of humanity will feel it. It can't not because we're part of the same species. We're part of the same collective. And so it's not as hard as people think it is. When we start thinking about the world, yes, those 7 billion plus people, 8 billion almost now, right? Yeah, we start to worry and we start to think, wow, wow. But you know what? We need that many people on this planet in order to cause a conscious shift. That's a great point. We have to have that many people Mm. in order to cause Mm. a conscious shift in humanity. And it happens one human being at a time, which is why every single one of those billions of people is so important. Yeah. Because it's the consciousness of that person. And for every one that is asleep, that that slows everybody else down. I think I understand a little more than why your epiphany about genetic abnormality. Mm-hmm. I think I touched it in the right way or may Well, I, I, I think I said deformity, no, deformity, but it doesn't matter you. because I just yeah, no, picked right. that word. I was trying to remember which word it is. <laughs> Why that's so important right now. That does make sense to me. Yeah. You're getting right into the essence and like we are using terminology like DNA and genetics based off of like we've heard and we've read and we've studied. But do we really understand that? And, and so that's where I think like the way you're pointing at it, it kind of helps me to understand it a little more because it, and, and I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying about instead of thinking about sending it and focusing right now, cause I, I, I can be on, I'll be honest and say, I have a challenging relationship situation close to me. Um, not with my not with my wife and children in case people are, Oh no, Todd, Todd. Oh no, no. But, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, that I really want to heal mm-hmm. and I believe that I can heal, but I'm just challenged by mm-hmm. it. And I do feel like that is what is most important for me here now is this, this closer situation. And I do see the macro micro of mm-hmm. the external wars and the internal wars. So, um, yeah, whenever then, we yeah. have, Whenever there is a challenge inside of a relationship, with no matter who it is, if it's individually or with a group, with, with your company, with the country, there's always judgment involved. Yeah. A level of judgment towards yourself and towards the other person or towards the other person or both. Yeah. There's, judge, there's judging happening here. You're judging yourself. Yeah. You're judging them. If yeah. you remove judgment from it, it makes it a lot easier to heal the situation, mm, whatever is that's there. That's good insight. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to focus on. Focus is to on eliminate judgment, the judgment. Eliminate judgment yeah. elimination. And become observer. Become mm. an observer of 
the judgment. Yeah, that's and good. that's a great thing to do in yeah. a yoga practice too. Yeah, is to become the observer yeah. of judgment, moving through your meridians and moving through your paw, your poses, mm. and moving mm. through your breath. You know, where is it going? Where yeah. is it locating? Is yeah. it locating in your liver? Is it lo- yeah. like really follow yeah. the judgment frequency and see where it's located? And every organ gland has an association with something going on in your life. So, you know, mm. a relationship or an aspect mm. of your life, whether mm. it's finances, health. Mm living situation, et cetera. So yeah. find, find where it's going in your body and then heal it there. Send your breath to that place. Nice. Yeah. That's so cool. I always find judgment to me yeah. likes to go to the liver mm. because the liver is the organ, the gland that's responsible for helping you get rid of toxicity. And there's no, there's no aftermath so huge of toxicity than from judgment. And so that's where I find that judgment always goes to. The, the frequency of judgment is always going to the liver. And so you want to obliterate it from there. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Lily, you know, I'm going to, uh, I just want to make a couple mentions about ways people can find you. And these are in the description so that they want to click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so your website is lilywinsaft.com. And people can also find that same website through the URL newworldharmony.net. And you're on Facebook under New World Harmony. But also right before we started, I looked at your Instagram page, which um, is at Lily Winsaft. And you have pictures of the sunrise and a little quote or or something like a thought and or a download that came to you for the day. Um, So I just want to at least give people an opportunity to you're available. Thank you. They can find you. Absolutely. And um in the essence of sticking within the one hour time frame, <laughs> which is like next to impossible. But the other, the other, uh, yesterday, my, um, uh, my wife, or we, we said something to the effect of like, uh, just like with, with like information and content. And, uh, there was something in relation to a podcast. And I said, my first thought was like, well, at least with podcasting, we're getting like quality content in the world of just where we can get just a ton of crap, like in a 30 second video Mm -hmm. or a whatever, Mm -hmm. we can get a lot of positive stuff too, a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff that makes me laugh and feel good and all that great stuff too. So I'm not just clumping it all into the crap category, but I do feel like this opportunity to converse and speak and hear and see and hear your life story and what you're focusing on for me is like really positive content. That's important right now. Mm -hmm. So I feel really good about the fact that you and I, are actually delivering something of value right now. <laughs> yes, it feels really nice. So thank you so much for making this this happen and for being thank trustworthy you. and trusting me. I really appreciate it. With all that being said, in the attempt to wind things down, I feel like we covered a, a lot of good ground. Is there anything, anything else that you feel compelled to share and or communicate? Yes, 2024, regardless of you, the listener is thinking about 2024, what's it going to be, and the either fear about it or excitement about it, whatever it is, I want to send out an invitation to people to make 2024 be the year that you obliterate intolerance in your life and that you begin to own yourself as the authority in your life and that you stop listening to others telling you what to believe in and what to think and how to act and who you are like stop that like cut it out be who you are from your own place of essence from your own place of the love and the light that's within you and stop being the pawn of anyone in your life Anyone, whether it's somebody you live with or the president of the country or the world, all the world leaders or, you know, the minister at your church, it doesn't matter. Your doctor, stop being the pawn of anyone and stand up and, and stop being intolerant of everything else in your life. Be grateful, have gratitude come into your life and have 2024 be that for you. So... Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I think that's important. Yeah. I think it's important. Create it. 
Yeah. Cause that's, I, I, I noticed like with say like 2020, remember at 2020, like the new year's and it was kind of like, woohoo, let's do this. And all of a sudden, like one month later, we we're going to, Oh my goodness, what is going on right now? <laughs> and well, like, there is that feeling with 2024. I'm sorry. Not just based on one particular event that's may or may not occur, but like, I don't know why I feel so strong. So I'm glad that you're saying yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. like actually go and go and Hey, no matter what occurs, I'm going to take care of myself yeah. and this is going to be incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, that's and I want to yeah. channel John Denny for a moment. Yeah. Let's channel it's John. Because of All right. him that I'm here. I want to channel him for a moment. Okay. Cause he's so into numbers and numerology. Yeah. The year 2024 is a number eight numerology. Two plus two plus four is eight. And the number eight is all about harmony. It's also the infinity number. And so I want to throw that out to people to bring harmony into your life in 2014. And thank you, John, for uh, telling Todd about me so I could be here and have <laughs> this fun and beautiful conversation. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We love you, John. <laughs> Native Yoga Toddcast is produced by myself. The theme music is dreamed up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of, what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review, and join us next time. <laughs>